Hey, welcome back everybody to another episode of What is Past is Prologue. I am the past. And I am the prologue. And uh, it's been a while since we've uh, sat down and done one of these. It's uh, good to have you back home. Uh, it's interesting to be back home. I wasn't expecting to be home uh, so early and for such a long time, but I've made it. I'm back. Back for more podcasting, all the fun things. So, school's good? School is good. Uh, school's very busy and very weird during pandemic times, but I'm very lucky. I actually got to go to school and stay for the whole semester, which a lot of people didn't get to do. So, yeah, I can. it's it's kind of raw that you're having to go through this. Uh, everybody else got a great college experience, and yours has been kind of tainted. Yeah, that's all right, though. I, re- I feel really bad for the people who were seniors last year. I had a lot of friends who had it real rough. So at least it was my freshman year, and hopefully we'll get past it for my later years of college. Yeah, and then even through the um, in-between college years, there were uh, some foreign exchange students didn't even get to go home, right? Yeah, uh, we had a lot of international students stay on my campus all summer long because they just couldn't – They either didn't make it home before we closed everything down or they just were going to stay for May term anyway. And then they definitely couldn't go home after that. So they just lived on campus. So any good stories? Um, (laughs) I have a couple, I guess. Uh, Well, I guess the big thing is I lived in a hotel this past semester because uh, they've been letting people who want to live in single rooms, they've been trying to accommodate that better, but we don't have room on campus for a lot of people to do that. So they threw people in hotels. So I have to commute to school anytime I actually have to go. I can't just walk out of my room. School's right there. So I have a few fun bus stories in particular. The first one was the night before Halloween. I was going to go to, um, I had a scene painting a work study job I had to go to. It was going to go from like 11 till 2 in the morning. It was it was going to be late. So scene painting, you're working at the theater and you're doing backgrounds and, and yes, that sort of thing. Yes, okay. so, all those things. Yeah, uh, so go ahead. Yeah, I work mostly in electrics, but um, I also help in the scene shop. So I smell like a wood shop a lot of the time. <laughs> but <laughs> so I was going out very late. I got on the bus at like 1045. And usually the bus is pretty desolate at that late, but it was the night before Halloween And, of course, that means college students are going to be going out doing dumb things. So I am in the middle of a group of students from the school right next to mine. And they are all dressed up for Halloween. They are all getting ready to go out drinking. And somehow on this bus ride, when I'm going to be on there for seven minutes, I am talked to the entire time by someone dressed up as the slutty pope. (laughs) <laughs> the entire bus ride explain I'm, slutty pope so slutty pope this like his hat's like half falling off anyway so you can already tell this is a very cheaply made costume but like his robes go down to like basketball short or lower height like he's wearing he's actually wearing basketball shorts underneath that's how short they are and uh, and also the tennis shoes really kind of ruin the illusion but just terribly made you could tell it was like meant to like you could it was like velcro you could easily just like take it off whatever it was so funny and i'm just sitting here like i'm just going to work guys i didn't i didn't ask to be accosted by the slutty pope on the bus Uh, that's probably gonna be the story of your life at least for this semester it didn't not a whole lot happened to be real with you (laughs) so um Anybody that knows anything about us, uh, I mean, if they get to know us very well at all, um, they know that we're huge nerds, kind of 
kind of wall-to-wall nerds. I mean, we, we like a lot of nerdy stuff. Uh, one of the things that we really enjoy, though, is the Mass Effect series by BioWare. And anyone who also knows me in particular can attest to is that I have literally been a Mass Effect fan for more than half of my existing life. So, because I started playing when I was eight years old and I'm 20 now. So. Right. So, and um, back when uh, Mass Effect 2 came out, uh, we went to a midnight pre release. Mass Effect 3. We didn't go to 2. Oh, that's right. That you was, might have gone, but I wasn't. I went to 2. Yeah. You, you went with me to 3. Yeah. And, um, Everybody was standing outside freezing, so we went over to B-Dubs, grabbed something to eat, and then brought coffee to everybody. That coffee took so long to get to us. <laughs> we sat in Buffalo Wild Wings for like 40 minutes after we ordered coffee and had no coffee. We, were, we had to call over to back, like, are you going to get us our coffee so we can take it to these poor freezing people? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Are you good? Uh, it was half sneeze, half cough. Mm. All right, so... Um, but um, Brian, he was our favorite yeah. at, at GameStop. Great guy. Over in Mattoon. Did a uh, whole lot of nice events for people. Yeah. So um, we are so invested in this series that um, when you went with me to uh, buy my truck, um, we named it the Normandy. Because of course we did. And uh, so on uh, Ford Care, you can give your vehicle a name and it is named the Normandy on there. And uh, my... License plate says to MASFX. Um, People still comment on that license plate. It's so funny. <laughs> but you, um, I don't know, when you were 12, 14? I was a freshman in high school, maybe. Okay, so 14. Or sophomore, one of the two. Um, you were very highly rated in the world on uh, Mass Effect Trivia. <laughs> What platform was that? So this was, uh, it's probably damn near obsolete by now, but if any of you listeners remember a, when Trivia Crack was huge, there was another quiz app called Quiz Up, like Q-U-I-Z-U-P, Quiz Up. And they had uh, state, or not state, uh, country and national rankings and like more local rankings. I don't know if it was regional or what. But uh, I was second in the U.S. on the on the web on the app in Mass Effect trivia, and I was top ten in the world. I don't remember how high I got. It, like I was pretty up there, and there were a decent amount of people who played it at the time. I know it was probably just a fad thing, but I, I was pretty proud of that. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. So, um, so what is Mass Effect? Uh, I'm sure that most people listening to a podcast like this are going to know. But, um, so essentially it's a, a series of sci-fi video games where, um, your choices in the game are, uh, able to affect the outcome. Yeah. And the, you've got the original trilogy and a tablet game, which I had actually completely forgot about until we did research for this episode again, uh, a comic series and a spinoff series called Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. So, uh, really what we'll cover, uh, in this, let's just talk about the, the original trilogy. Yes. Uh, and um, because I think that almost everybody universally agrees that Andromeda was a train wreck. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, I was going to say there were good things about Andromeda. I honestly need to give it another chance. It has been, I only got through the first 10 hours before I got kind of fed up with it. But I am going to finish it just to prove it's like, yes, I'm a hardcore dedicated to this franchise fan. I'll give the whole game a chance. 
Well, and there's there's another reason now we may need to give Andromeda yeah. uh, another look. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll uh, get to that. We'll get that in a little bit. So um, three original video games. And um, I will say that um, overall, uh, the Mass Effect series has been my very favorite video game series of all time. Um, just on the strength of those original games. I am also willing to agree with that. And I've played some pretty good video game, like, full series through, and I don't think any of them have taught Mass Effect yet. So, um, having said that, let's uh, let's talk about our favorite and least favorites uh, throughout the series. And uh, let's start off with the actual story of um, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Okay, so you want me to go favorite, least favorite, and then you go, or do you want me to just favorite, favorite, least favorite? Least? How, however you want to All do right, it. great. So this one might actually shock you a little bit. Okay. I think Mass Effect 3 had the best story, Yeah. Okay. and Mass Effect 1 was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay, so um, we are diametrically opposed on this. I actually thought Mass Effect 1 had the best story, and uh, Mass Effect 3... Um, had the worst. And when I say worst, I think it was really, really yeah, was good. Say, we should say none of these are bad stories. Right. They're, it's, they're all very, very good and very well connected to each other. So the, um, the reason that I thought that Mass Effect 1 was uh, the best was because it was clean slate. They had to introduce you to the entire universe, and they did it really well. Um, and they had to they had to uh, have pacing for the story and get you involved in it. And uh, you know you're you're the first human specter, and you, so they did that. And then you're after a renegade specter, and they did that. Then you're after um, trying to uh, run this renegade specter down before um, he releases a scourge on the. Uh, on the universe. So uh, I thought Mass Effect 1 did all of that, that did it with the right pacing, and um, I, I enjoyed it. I will agree with you that I think Mass Effect 1's main story had pretty spectacular pacing, especially for an opening game. But my biggest problem with Mass Effect 1 is the sheer amount of side missions that you, like, obviously you can choose not to do them because they're not essential. But if you do decide to do all of them and you're just kind of also slogging, that that can kind of start to drag after a while. When you're out on the planets in the Mako. Yeah. You know, I won't say it's not fun, and... but it, it's, it's, and it's, it's definitely to enrich your experience. But if you're the kind of player who's more 100% completionist, those side yeah. missions can get a little draggy after yeah. a while since oh. a lot of them are very samey. Yeah, oh, and, and you're right about samey because they use a lot of the same... Um, room templates and everything. For, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, I've been through this building so many times before. I know where every chest is going to be. I know every enemy around this corner. It gets really repetitive after a while. So um, you know, Mass Effect 3, I think, uh, takes an unfair amount of criticism for um, how bad the end... Well, maybe not an unfair amount of criticism for how bad the ending was. But the game is a whole. But the game is actually really the, good. Mass Effect 3 as a full game is fantastic. I th I don't know if it was you that said it or Aunt Rachel, who's also a huge fan, said it. Mass Effect 3 is a fantastic game on really shitty bread. Right. It's a shit sandwich. Because, uh, <laughs> like, everything... from After the very beginning, and even parts of the beginning mission, I actually really, really appreciate. But... 
the beginning panders too much to people who haven't played the series before, which is not something a series should do. And the ending, I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't played it, but the backlash was well-deserved and people are still angry. I think we can spoil at this point. The game's how old? Uh, what? Oh God, the third game is eight years old now because yeah. it was 2012. I don't, I don't think that there's yeah. anybody that's uh, going to be interested in picking this up. That different Instagram filters over an ending was yeah. the ending of Mass Effect. So, 3. so that was that was a huge disappointment, and and rightfully so because uh, all of us players have been promised from the first game that the decisions that we made throughout all of these games would affect the ending of the game. And the effect that they had on the ending of the game were Instagram filters. That was it. (laughs) It was a red, green, or blue, or sadness. And actually, no, they were all sadness. That was kind of the sad part. (laughs) So uh, the the decisions that you made did make a difference through each game. You know, like Mass Effect 1 decisions made a difference in Mass Effect 1. And... To some degree, you know, some of your big decisions uh, would carry on throughout the rest of the games. But um, it was, and and I understand the sheer number of decisions that players had to make throughout those games. Uh, it would have been nearly impossible to create all of those different endings for yeah. each yeah. variation. And, and let me say, no ending for a series like this would have ever satisfied everybody. That's it, true. It's not possible. Yeah, I, I buy into that too. Even because, like... I feel like it's not like a game like Detroit Become Human, which you have not played, but there's like, oh God, I don't remember how many it was, but there's a crap ton of different endings depending on how you play it. Like you can die way like with after the first act, like you could end like after you do the first mission for every character type deal. Mass Effect is not like that. You're going to play through the storyline and after you've done it a few times, you're like, yeah, I know exactly how this is going to go. And even though that you have you do have different options on how you can play the game it's just i don't know i don't think that the amount of endings we've gotten even with all the decisions in mass effect 3 that had a lot of weight would have been able to satisfy everyone and i and and here's the thing i eat while i understand that they physically couldn't take all of the decisions i think if they would have taken one to three key decisions from each game they could have done that many endings um, you know, I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all the ones that I think were critical, but you know, the Ashley Caden decision I thought was critical and that did affect your gaming in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, but not really the ending. Yeah. Um, and there were, there were many decisions that they could have chosen from for those to be the key factors for, you know, the end of the game. Yeah, no, I agree. But the reason I put Mass Effect 3 as having the best story is because the great sandwich part in the middle, again, the this is everything the last two games have been building up towards. The, this game was plot-driven. Every choice felt like it mattered. Everything had a lot of weight. If you fuck something up, it was fucked up. Yeah. Like, it, like, there was no coming back from it. Your readiness was directly impacted by every little thing you did. And let me give, uh, let me stop here and give Mass Effect 3 kudos for a really playable, really fun multiplayer. Yeah, it didn't have, it. I was expecting very little out of it, like a Halo 3 kind of experience of And I liked Halo 3, but I was expecting that or worse. And, uh, and not only that, but then they were able to actually integrate it into your readiness level. Yeah, 
say little things like that. You didn't have to play the multiplayer to get your readiness level up, but you could. Yeah. And so, you know, just made it that much more. And the fact that it was a lot of fun was, was just icing on the cake for me. So, uh, so yeah, I agree. I, um, I probably liked the, the beginning of Mass Effect 3 even less than you did. Yeah. Um, because I am completely on board with what you said. By the time you are to the third game in a series, you are not supposed to be pandering to new players. Yeah. This it's is like, <laughs> if you are playing the third game in a series, first off, you're doing it wrong. And second off, that's just, it's like, yeah, we know all this. Okay, get to the thing. They could have cut out like the first, t- it's not like Mass Effect 2 where the first 10 minutes are critical. Yes. If you cut out the first 10 minutes of Mass Effect 3 and just started at like the conference, like Shepard talking to the people, that would be all you needed. Like maybe start with like meeting James and Ashley on your way to the conference or whatever. Yeah, and that would have been every- fine. Everything before that you could cut out, literally everything. Okay, so that's our uh, our favorite and least favorite. Um, and so uh, it, it's going to be interesting by the time we get to the end of this list. Um, so uh, your favorite and least favorite uh, game for combat, which uh, everybody should know this is a third-person shooter. Um, and um, so what's your favorite and least favorite for combat? Uh, I'm, I feel like we're of the same mind on this, so I hope it's true. Uh, favorite for combat, Mass Effect 2, least favorite, the first game. Yep, absolutely. And the first game, I, I don't know if any player who's played all three of them would say the first game was the best for combat. If there was someone out there, I would be very shocked to know they existed. So the, my, my biggest issue with the, with the first game's combat was, uh, it's a cover shooter. Yes. So uh, in order to get into cover, you have to push yourself up against an object, and then you will automatically take cover. And then when you pull yourself away from the object, you will automatically break cover. And uh, by the time that Mass Effect 2 rolled around, it was approach an object, get close enough, hit a button, and, and you go into cover. And it's a lot more smooth uh, a lot easier to play. Also, you're just, I feel like you even move better in the second game. Like, just moving around the battlefield was a little easier. Not right. so different that it felt like a different game, but different enough <clears throat> that you could tell it's like, oh, this is a vast improvement on what yeah, was there before. I absolutely agree. I will say the only thing I miss about Mass Effect 1 combat that was not implemented in the other two games was you were able to crouch and walk at the same time, and that was kind of nice, but you couldn't do that in the second and third games. It wasn't a huge detriment or anything, but I kind of missed it. So, that's uh, so we have the same favorites for uh, class uh, or as for combat. How about class of character? I know we don't have the same <laughs> for this one. Although I will say there is good to be found in all the classes, especially after you've played it a few times. I think there are some that are better for people to start out as, and then once you get better at the game, it's nice to these more niche classes that aren't as widely accessible or maybe as good initially. But uh, my favorite is. I love playing as vanguards. I love being a vanguard. Tell everybody what a vanguard does. So a vanguard is like a biotic soldier and biotics are basically powers that people have based on uh, both exposure to an element called element zero and an implant in their brains. Right. If you're a human, at least there are some species that are biotically gifted naturally like a sorry, but that so you have these biotic powers and you also have greater skill in combat, but you're also a much more up close and personal kind of fighter. So you've got like pistols and shotguns and assault rifles if you choose to, you know, uh, 
have that as part of your class as well. How about your least favorite? Engineers. They're so hard to get right. Um, it, engineers are one of those where, um, if again, they're one of those niche classes that if you really get good at them, you can do a lot of damage, but it takes a little bit to get there if you've never done it before. And I never really got the hang of the whole engineer thing. Yeah, I think that uh, they're a pretty challenging class. So my favorite class is Infiltrator. Yeah. And they are <laughs> they are um, very, very little to do with biotics, and, but they are, um, you know, they're stealthy and they attack from long range. So they're good at sniper rifles, that sort of thing. Um, and my least favorite is the Pure Biotic. Really? Yep. I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have said Engineer or Sentinel for you. Nope. Uh, the Pure Biotic is uh, my okay. least favorite. And the reason is because... It's the same thing as like if I was playing uh, Dragon Age or um, Skyrim, and I and I'm playing just a mage class. Yeah, it, there's there's not enough meat to them. Uh, they're they're just too easy to take out up close. Yeah, and that's a spe- And also, I feel like we should say a lot of what we're talking about. It's like yeah, it matters in the second, third games, but in the first game, what class you are is extremely important. Right. Yep. Because technically, technically. In the second and third game, you can use pretty much any weapon that you have available to you. Like, everything on your wheel tree is yeah, up, up for, like, you could use an assault rifle if you wanted. You could use a sniper rifle if you decided to have a sniper rifle class on you. But uh, first game, you are stuck to whatever weapons and whatever powers you are. And you have to, like, get better at them. Like, you could really suck with a pistol at first, even though it's something you're supposed to be good at. So it, it really matters in the first game. So one of the uh, one of my favorite things uh, about the game, other than the, the great storyline, um, is your companion characters. Of course. Um, so I will. Say, I'm even going to say this. I was so mad when Mass Effect Three ended, the way that it ended, and then when they came back and gave us the Citadel down, uh, uh, download download content. content yeah. I actually was then fine letting the series go. And the reason was because uh, Citadel, it was a mission, you know, that that you uh, could go through, which was fine. Uh, It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my least favorite. But what it did do was Commander Shepard, the main protagonist in the story, uh, which is who you play, uh, he threw a big party at his loft. And all of the characters came to that party and you got to spend time with them. And after spending hundreds and hundreds of hours with this game and with these characters, um, I really felt like it gave some good closure to the relationships that, that you formed in the game. Yeah. Um, for those, I don't remember if I've mentioned it on the show before, but, uh, I am a writer. I write a lot. Mass effect is a pretty big part of the inspiration for that and i like writing character driven stories because of stories like this because all of the like main side characters feel so distinct to me like i go i go back and replay this series a lot and it feels like coming back to old friends and that is what coming back to a good book movie or video game should feel like every time and i can safely say that about mass effect that it definitely kind of shaped how i view stories so um, we obviously have our favorites and least favorites of the uh, companions that Shepard takes along with him on his uh, different journeys. Um, in the beginning, you you only meet a limited number of um, of these potential companions. Mass Effect Two really is kind of the dirty dozen uh, played out in video game form. Yeah, that, you know, you go and recruit like the best of everything. 
you know, to help you on your mission. And so you know, that list of characters expands quite a bit and then is carried through into Mass Effect 3. Um, so um, let's let's hear your, your favorite. Your favorite two characters, oh, uh, side characters. Two. Okay, so my favorite two are Garrus for sure. I love Garrus so Garrus much. Vicarian. Garrus Vicarian. Garrus Vicarian. He's a great, great side character if there ever was one. And I had a little bit of trouble picking the second one. Because I think it actually changes a little from game to game, depending on who I bring with me. But I picked Liara for my there you go. second one. Uh, Liara Tassoni. Yes, Liara Tassoni. So uh, Garrus is very much a infiltrator type um, character, side character. Yes. Um, he uses sniper rifles. Um, and he is like the uh, ultimate wingman. Yeah. Um, like you want him at your side. In every battle, pretty much. Even if you are an infiltrator, you're just like, fuck it, we'll take Garrus along. I don't mind. Yeah. Like, he, he's going to kill some people for me. It's going to work out. Garrus is great. Yeah, um, I love Garrus. And, uh, and you get a little into, um, you know, kind of a, uh, a little bit darker part of his history um, when you're, you know, doing his uh, missions and whatnot. Yeah. But He is uh, one of my favorite characters to do missions for. And I also really like that even though especially in the first game, it feels like you're going to influence his like decision-making in the future games a little more than you do. Like He takes your word into account, but he really kind of goes his own way. Like He really feels like he's an own separate character that really feels like he makes his own decisions about things, but still is on your side 100%, and I like that a lot. Yep, I do too. So, um, so Garrus, number one, uh, Liara Tassoni, number two. So, and Liara is one of those pure biotics. Yeah, and she is... One of those, especially if you're not playing a biotic class, like Dad plays Infiltrators a lot. She is uh, almost, especially in the third game, I feel like. First and third are the only ones where you have her as a playable companion for the majority, if not all, of the game. Right. She's there for a little bit in the second game, but we'll talk about that later. And I think that, again, especially if you have no biotics on your team, she's really good at like taking down people's armor, getting enemies where you can actually like if they're behind cover and you have her throw a singularity at them, <laughs> she's just a well-rounded pure biotic kind of character. You can do all the heavy damage and just have her flush people out of hiding for you. Yep. Uh, very useful as a, as a companion in one and three. Yeah. Um, so uh, my favorites, Garrus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we love uh, Garrus, guys. Yeah, Garrus is uh, <laughs> he's really well written. He was well voiced. He, yeah, very well voiced. I um, remember I heard his voice in something else recently. I don't remember what it was. I'd have to look it up again. But I was like, that's Garrus Carrion. Yeah. And um, and then my second is Tally. Yeah, I almost picked Tally. Tally was almost my second. So um, so. Tally was uh, my favorite. Garrus and Tally were almost constant companions in the first game. I took Tally everywhere and in game one. The, but there was a reason to take Tally yeah. more than just like her personality. It was um, she was able to unlock things. <laughs> she was the thief. <laughs> yeah, all those side missions I was talking about before that dragged on and on. If you didn't have Tally for some of those, you were kind of fucked if you weren't an engineer. That's right, because um, in order to get into like some chests or some areas, you had to have someone who could unlock those those doors yeah. or chests. And Tally could do that. So uh, I just got used to having her with me. Um, so again, also very well voiced. Yeah. Um, and I'm even willing to say that 
95% of the companion characters in this series are, they really feel like they're characters, even if you know who they are, like, yeah. actor-wise. I will agree. Um, okay, so your least favorite. Um, I'll, I'll just do my two right off the bat, and you might actually agree with me on this. Zaid and Jacob. Zaid Masani and uh, Jacob, Taylor. Jacob Taylor. Yep. Um, so, uh, Zaid for sure. Um, so Zaid is a, uh, kind of a grizzled old mercenary, uh, that you pick up in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. He had the potential to be really, really interesting. And then he just kind of ended up being a throw in there to take some damage for you kind of character. Yeah. Uh, his, so in, in Mass Effect 2, um, like I said, it's kind of a dirty dozen thing. You collect all these people and then in order to get them to go on to your mission with you and perform as well as they can, each one of them has what's called a loyalty mission. So you go on that mission and you help them achieve some goal. Then you have their loyalty. If you have all of the characters' loyalty, when you go on the final mission, you have the greatest chance of uh, of success. So um, Zaid's loyalty mission was okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it was one of those ones where you... First off, especially if you get him, like, first thing in the game, like I'm sure most people do if they have Zaid. Because Zaid is also a downloadable content character. Right. He's not one of the main ones. So assuming you've downloaded the everything, he's actually the first companion, probably, that you will get before any of the other companions. Because he's right there on Omega. Except, except for the two you start out with. Because right, you can't start out on your own. Right. So it's uh, Miranda and, and Jacob. Jacob. So, um, uh, and then... Um, so I'm I'm gonna say that I don't know is is Jacob my I I feel like in Mass Effect two Jacob so obviously he wasn't in the first game but in Mass Effect two I thought Jacob was okay yeah in Mass Effect three it was just like uh, they it it really let me down uh, uh, with his character there yeah so um, yeah I guess I'll. Uh, yeah. Without putting too much more thought into it, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I think it's just honestly because, again, I don't dislike either of these characters. Not even really a little bit. It's just compared to how good and interesting some of these other characters are, they kind of missed the mark with these two because Jacob ended up being really just kind of, un like, he didn't really change that much. He was still just kind of Jacob. He was kind of uninteresting just in general. Uh, the second game, he really looked like it's like, oh, this could be a guy with a deeper, darker backstory maybe than I anticipated. And then it's like, eh, daddy issues. <laughs> uh, and then that was kind of like, and then he was just kind of the loyal grunt. And I'm like, I appreciate you, man, but I'm not ever going to pick you first for anything ever. I'm sorry. Yeah. And he, I just don't think that he stood out. I guess no, that's no. the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then uh, one of the uh, one of the staples of most Bioware games these days seems to be uh, romanceable options in the game. Yeah. And like uh, this this started in the first game where um, a, if you played a male protagonist, you had the option to romance either Liara or um, Ashley. Or Ashley. And then if you were a female, you had Liara, the option Liara uh, or Caden. So, um, and then in the, in Mass Effect 2, uh, you could almost sleep with anybody on the ship. Almost. Um, and then, uh, Mass Effect 3, really your, uh, your options stayed pretty much as to the options that you had in Mass Effect 2, just a continuation yeah. of, 
of it. There were a few others. Yeah, but a, a, a couple part, of exceptions, but yeah. very few. So, um, best and worst romances. I'm going to just say worst again right off the bat. Jacob's romance went nowhere. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm, I yeah. was so, like, even if you romance him in the second game, by the third game, he's got, like, a wife or something, yeah. or, like, a long-time girlfriend. And yep. we're just like, excuse you? I'm sorry, where did I go? Well, I, I mean, I know where I went, but where did you go? <laughs> but, so yeah, Jacob's so easily the worst, unfortunately. And that's just another thing that kind of just like, um, so bogs his character down for me a bit. I will say that Jacob's was the worst because it started off okay. Yeah, I was going to say. But then, um, but I will also say that um, the, um, the comm officer, what was her name? Uh, which one? There were in yeah. Mass Effect 2. Kelly. Kelly. Um, you know, it was fine in Mass Effect 2, but then in Mass Effect 3, it was just like, oh, hey, Kelly. nice to see you again. <laughs> well, let's make out once. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, um, yeah. So I, those are almost a tie for me. Yeah, uh, that, that's fair. So, um, but uh, favorite, favorite two. Favorite two. I wrote down four for favorites, oh, but nice. I, okay, but, uh, well, I think you'll have the same answers as me. So I'm only going to say two and I'll see if any of ours match up. Okay. Um, Garrus for a hundred percent certain best companion, best romance, I think. And there are two others I could throw in here. One of them I think is technically better, but the most underrated romance I think is Caden. I played my entire first playthrough. I had Caden as my romance the whole way through. And Dad and I have talked about this a lot. I think Ashley is the better companion to keep with you in the first game. Agreed. She's more immediately interesting, and she's and her backstory and interactions with Shepard, I think, are in general more interesting. If you put enough effort in with Caden, he's fine in the first game, and I like him fine. But Ashley is the more interesting character, I'll admit. Caden is by far the better choice to take to the end of the series, if you ask me. Yeah, and he was so a, neither one of them feature very much into actually none of the three from Mass Effect really feature into Mass Effect two no, that no, much. No. You get to see them, yeah. you get to talk to them, but really they don't feature in that much. It's Mass Effect three where you pick things back up with them, and that's why I like Caden became a much more compelling character to me in Mass Effect three. I'm like, wow, you actually kind of got way cooler than you were. <laughs> Proud of you, man. And then he ended up being a really great romance option. So yeah, I so I'll agree with that. Um, so, uh, I think, I thought that Garrus's, uh, was, it was endearing. It was <laughs> so cute and it was so, and it could be really funny too. I was yes. surprised at how many funny moments there were. Um, so I did like, uh, Garrus when I played female shepherd, uh, and, um, but when I played male shepherd, this is really a tough choice for me, but I'm going with Tally. Yeah. Um, and the tough choice part of it is. Liara. Yep, and I had Liara and Tally were the other two on my list. Uh, so Liara is just to just to put it out there, I think that Liara is actually the be the most developed romance in the game. And I think that's intentional because too. especially by the when you get to the third game, she's a very essential character to the overall plot, like in just in the galaxy in general. She is very important and knows it. And the, so. It's it's great that you can you know start that and, and you're you're right it's it the, I'm sure they did it that way on purpose because no matter which gender you played you could romance Liara exactly so she was like the the one thing that any any character could take all the way 
from the beginning to the end. Um, but, um, Tally's just one of my favorite characters and she is so genuinely, just genuinely sweet and obviously so in love with Shepard. Yes. Um, so i most of the time, if I'm just doing a casual playthrough, um, you can't romance her in the first, even though you meet her in the first Mass Effect, she is, uh, actually still a minor. She's on her, yeah. uh, her pilgrimage <laughs> yeah. to uh, move into adulthood. Uh, so you don't romance her in the first, but, uh, she's finished with that and she's an adult in the second one and, uh, you can start the romance there. So yeah, she's so cute. I love, <clears throat> honestly, if I was any character for the Mass Effect series, I would absolutely be tallied. I'm sure that's the truth. Um, so who would I be? I've asked myself that question a lot and I've had my answer change a couple of times, but you'd probably be like grunt or somebody. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. I can see it though. Like I can see, I can. Your literal fantasy football team name was Krogan Blood Rage for so long, and now I can't see you as anything but Rex or Grunt. Actually, you know what? You might make a better Rex than a Grunt. You think so? Yeah. I think you could unite an entire race on a planet. I think you could do it. Um, so, yeah, those are my two. Um, Garrus and Tally. Although with uh, severe honorable mention to uh, Liara. Yeah, we love Liara. Um. All right, so uh, all of the missions throughout the first three games, um, favorite and least favorite. And, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we should say we will not be including downloadable content for these. We're going to talk about DLC here in a minute. But as far as favorite, I picked favorite missions based on, because, I again, I've played this series a bunch. So it's one of those things where I'm choosing my favorite <laughs> missions based on how immediately they affected me and how good they stayed over time after replays. So I'll just mention, I guess one from each game. Uh, I'll even go backwards. Thessia, the Thessia mission from game three, uh, Garrus is like when you find Garrus and pick him up for your crew in the second game and Pharos in the first game were my favorites, I think. Or if they're not my favorites, maybe I just didn't have enough time to look through them. They're definitely up there for top-tier missions for me. Yep. So, um, so I'm, I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the names. Pharos was the colony. Pharos was the colony with the Thorian. Right. That was absolutely one of my favorites. Oh, so, so good. And it leaves a real impact on your brain. You're like, wow, I'm never going to forget that plant creature ever. (laughs) Um, and then, um, actually, my um, some of my other ones uh, for favorite missions, um, Tally's loyalty mission. I had that one written too. Uh, was a lot of fun, and her pickup mission was fun too. Yes, it was. Tally, but, Tally probably had the most solid arc throughout too, as far as missions went. Um, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm even going to say. Kasumi's loyalty mission. Kasumi is such a fun character. So Kasumi is an interstellar thief, and she is one of the dirty dozen that you can pick up. She is DLC. Yes. Um, but uh, her loyalty mission, it, you almost kind of get to James Bond it. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun. Honestly, if the game had been about space thieves trying to save the galaxy, I would have loved to see Kasumi on there from day one. This would have been another kick-ass game series, and I still would have played through the whole thing. <laughs> So, um, and then on the other end of that, one of my least favorite missions, it was also DLC, but it, it wasn't, uh, I mean, it, it was Zaid's loyalty mission. It was just, it was just kind of blah. I mean, 
Um, it wasn't it, it wasn't my uh, least favorite part of Mass Effect, but it was just kind of yeah there. And I I feel like it should go out of the way to say not again. None of these missions are really that bad. But I'm gonna throw poor Jacob under the bus again here. His loyalty mission mm. was fun, but on subsequent replays, it's one that gets more boring. Yeah, and the that's the thing. Like you said, none of none of these things are necessarily bad. But when you have so many that stand out, yeah, uh, the ones that are just kind of there become the ones that are bad. You know, yeah. I was gonna say, and I'm I'll talk good about the first two companions. We've talked about Jacob. We've talked down on him a lot. Uh, Miranda is the other first person in that you get in Mass Effect Two as a companion. She's remarkably more interesting. Oh, I don't yes. know how they managed to make her so incredibly fascinating and make Jacob seem fascinating at first, and then he was just so mediocre. It's so baffling to me. I don't understand it. Um, and, I mean, Miranda, so she's the Cerberus cheerleader in, you know, game number two. But her loyalty mission uh, with her sister yeah. is uh, interesting. Yeah. And it was one of my favorites before I played through it again the second time. I think her missions are very interesting that she's part of, even in the third game. And then when she goes to the third game, some of the things that you do with her are... are very major. Are very interesting to yeah. do as well. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll buy into that. So, least favorite, though? Uh. That, that, I was going to say, uh, aside from, you said Zaid's, and I didn't want to retread that, so okay. I'll say Jacob's just because it just kept getting more mediocre the more I played it. Okay, so, downloadable content. I know our favorite is the okay. same one here. It's uh, got to be. It's Layer of the Shadow Broker the Shadow in Broker. Mass Effect 2 with Liara freaking to Sony yeah. and the most badass information broker in the galaxy. When when you do Layer of the Shadow Broker and uh, you meet back up with Liara and... Um, you know, you find out about this whole, um, kind of, it's not a dark web. It's just a underground of assassins and thieves and, and they're all run by this one. You get the idea that if the shadow broker wasn't around, there would be a whole lot of information in the wrong hands of a lot of people because he's a very neutral force. He will sell information to anybody. So you kind of get the sense he's got everybody under his thumb, and that's really cool. I love him a lot. Yeah. So, um, and uh, interesting when you finally get to meet him, too. Yeah. So, um, least favorite. I even had to look this up because I couldn't even remember the name of it. Uh, Mass Effect 1, Pinnacle Station. Yeah. Pinnacle Station is... I I didn't remember. I remembered the name Pinnacle Station. I was like, this. I like that sounds like something I remember. I forgot it was a mission. I forgot Pinnacle Station was a mission that existed. Although to be fair, I'm not going to throw too much of the Mass Effect One DLC under the bus because there were two things. Were two. But Bring Down the Sky was okay. Bring Down the Sky was good. I yeah. liked Bring Down the Sky a lot. Um, as far as one that gets. Uh, kind of like Jacob's loyalty mission gets a little more mediocre with each play. Um, this is more of an assignment, but the Hammerhead Firewalker missions, they don't lead yeah. to anything at all. Yeah, that that was a disappointment yeah. too. Which is, again, you don't have, to, those are another one you don't have to do, but uh, most of the DLC you don't have to do and the game will still progress. Like, you don't have to do Bring Down the Sky. You don't have to do Layer of the Shadow Broker, but you should. 
because yeah. the <laughs> outcome of Layer of the Shadow Broker happens whether you're there or not. And quite honestly, I would play Layer of the Shadow Broker over just about any other mission in the entire series. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um. But uh, I think that, um, yeah, the Firewalker missions were... Like, like the hammerhead's such a cool idea for a vehicle, and and it was fun to drive. Yeah, I was gonna say I enjoyed the hammerhead more than the Mako until, uh, I will. That is the one good thing about Mass Effect Andromeda. They did upgrade the Mako driving. You know what? For the longest time, when uh, when we ran the Mako, we didn't know how to use the big. cannon. We didn't know that the there was a big cannon. It I, was just all machine gun. We action. used the machine gun straight up like the first <laughs> half of the years we played with Mass Effect. And then yeah. I found it by accident. accident. Yeah, you bumped the one of the bumpers. <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna say, you, like, I was playing your game. You were calling somebody, I think, and you handed me your controller. You're like, hey, kill all the, these guests in this room. And I'm like, all right, Dad. And I, so I get Namako, and I hit the right bumper by accident, and then I blow them all up. I'm like, what the hell did I just How do? How did you do that? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I've never done it before. So we literally played for the first half of the years we played Mass Effect, and we didn't know how to use yeah, the cannon. No it was idea. the funniest thing. So, uh, probably would have helped to read some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they flash on the screen. I'm just impressed we managed to get through like six playthroughs of the first game <laughs> without using the cannon at all. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, your, was that your least favorite? Uh, Pinnacle Station and the Firewalker missions were yeah. my least favorites. Yeah. All right. It's time for our pick for overall game. And, um, I, all right. My favorite of the overall game, uh, as evidenced by my license plate is Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 is the best. Um, I'm willing to say that with wholehearted agreement with you. So, uh, between the, the combat being so much improved from Mass Effect 1, uh, it carries on the story well. Um, and then, uh, it really, and, your decisions in Mass Effect 2 and getting all those loyalties and everything really do affect the end of Mass Effect 2. Yeah. And they even um, affect Mass Effect 3 quite a bit. Yes, they do. Because if they don't survive the suicide mission, I guess you, yeah. you get to deal with people you don't know. That's right. <laughs> so um, that uh, Mass Effect 2, absolutely my favorite. Uh, like I said, upgraded combat. Um, a great list of characters. I say, very character driven. Yeah. That's Mass Effect 2's biggest strong point is how character driven it is and how successfully character driven it is. Yep. It doesn't feel all contrived and dumb. So, uh, how about you? Favorite? Favorite is Mass, Mass Effect, Effect 2, 2, for sure. My least favorite, I waffled between the terrible ending of 3 and the kind of sometimes monotony of 1. And I think 1 makes it, I think the monotony makes 1 the worst game for me, just slightly. They're so close. Like, it's splitting hairs on... But if I had to pick a game, I would rather play more often. I would rather play three again before I'd play one, I think. Um, you know what? I actually wrote down Mass Effect 3 for my worst, but um, I'm actually I'm actually going to flip and say Mass Effect 1. And um, here's, the, here's the split hair that it comes down to for me. Load times. Oh my god, the elevators. <laughs> it's great elevator music, guys. Put it as your ringtone for real, but oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, as it was so bad that in Mass Effect 3 the devs even made fun of it yeah. because if you got into an elevator and you had the right companions with you, they would start saying, "Hey, you remember those really long <laughs> elevator rides we took?" On? And <laughs> Tell me again about your coin and fire suits. I have a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, maybe we'll talk later. So um, that's uh, so that's that's it, I guess. Yeah. I'll I'll say Mass yeah. Effect one by a slim margin. Again, I think the they wasted some time at the beginning of ME three um, with uh, trying to bring new players up to speed, and I think that uh, the ending, um, I. You and I could have sat down and banged out a much better ending. I could for... write a better ending with my eyes closed, probably. And also, I could probably write an essay on why the third game's ending is so bad. I really kind of want to for school and see if it works out. <laughs> but as a whole, Mass Effect 3 is a fantastic game. And honestly, like kind of like you said earlier, Citadel's DLC does mitigate a bit of the ending for me. It definitely helped me remember the game more fondly now. Because if that wasn't there, I would be dreading to play the ending so much more. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, no, I get that closure. It's okay. So the reason that we exchanged texts on in um, uh, 7 Day. Aside from just the fact that we're nerds and yeah, we and would we celebrate something like that. but um, Was that uh, on in 7 Day, they announced a Mass Effect, the original trilogy is doing a remaster. And they're well into it. Yeah, I was surprised. I'd heard rumors about it for a couple months before that, but they hadn't confirmed anything yet. I assumed it was probably going to happen, but I didn't think they were going to announce anything about it this year. And so we still have a a bit of a wait. I think they said it was due before the end of 2021. Yeah, I will be surprised if they stick to that deadline because I think it's more likely to come out in the early part of 2022, but I'll hold them to it for now. Yeah, that's almost always a safe bet. Yeah. (laughs) but with any video game company but who knows maybe with covid they just have there's not going to be as many demands they'll be like take your time and then they'll really surprise us yeah i've been uh waiting on cyberpunk for a bit now so it's what okay small rant about cyberpunk here i hope it's one of those games that's not overhyped you guys i really really do but everyone's looking forward to it for so long and it's been pushed back so much i'm so afraid it's going to be mediocre i really am keanu reeves is in it Okay, Keanu Reeves will obviously be the best part of the game no matter what, though. So we know Keanu Reeves is going to be great, but will the game be great for Keanu Reeves? Uh, We'll have to see. So uh, the remaster. What is being remastered and what isn't? Uh, First thing, uh, it's going to be uh, basically optimized for 4K. Which is not something I would have expected out of the Mass Effect series. I figured they would do that for new games. I didn't think they'd ever go back and redo the old games that way. And they're, uh, and I guess it's uh, going to be released on the new Xbox console. Yeah. It, it'll be available for like Xbox One and PS4, but it's being released also that you can use it on the new generation for the of consoles. consoles. Uh, and PC. Well, of course. And yeah. so uh, what's being left out, uh, evidently they are leaving out the um, very good multiplayer um, that was done for Mass Effect 3. Um, and that's fine, yeah. I, I was guess. Say, I get it. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I don't. Like Anyone who buy, who's buying the Mass Effect Remastered Edition is not buying it for the remastered version of the multiplayer. They are buying it for the remastered version of the games. I, I honestly didn't think for a second that they would upgrade the multiplayer. I just thought they would include it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand that. I think it's just one of those things where uh, the multiplayer, it, like, it may not have been quite... Like, I know a lot of people played it, especially if they were diehard fans, but I don't think it was a popular enough 
part of the third game that it's like, okay, we could really keep going with this and people would still really be into it at, during the remasters. They're like, no, we'll just do the games and it's fine. And I get that. Yeah, but they made a million freaking packs for that. Oh, I, I mean, it was, it was almost grotesque, but, and I didn't buy a, a bunch of stuff um, for that, but I mean, you didn't I, really need to, to be quite honest with I, you. Like, but you I could, enjoyed playing it. Yeah, I did too. And I don't usually enjoy multiplayer ga- multiplayer parts of campaign games as much yeah. as the main part, but um, I enjoyed it. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. I will. I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do a full playthrough of the original series before the remaster comes out or not, uh, or if I just want to um, enjoy the the new remaster. So on my wish list for the remaster, obviously other than the upgraded graphics, um, I hope that they actually redo the uh, cover combat for Mass Effect One. I think they will. I don't know why they wouldn't, because I assume, now that, again, assumptions here, we don't know any of this for certain, but I assume, A, it'll all be on one disc. I don't think they're, or they'll have like a download disc, and then they'll have a separate disc to play. It'll be like a Naughty Dog game, like Last of Us 2 that I just finished playing that, a download disc and then a play disc. I bet they'll do something similar. And therefore, all the games, you'll be able to play them all on one disc at once. So it's like, all right, you'll finish Mass Effect 1, It'll carry over to Mass Effect 2 for you in 3. So I'm going to bet at least three discs, one for each game. Yeah. It'd be nice if they had they made it feel separate, but I don't think they're going to, especially not with the way think, um, like think the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. That's all in one disc. And they they will absolutely have a collector's edition of this come out. Oh, absolutely. Freaking loot. Swag or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, okay. And then we also got the announcement, um, other than the remaster, that they are in fact, working on another Mass Effect game. And there's very little information about that. It's They probably say, just started. As I say, it exists. Yeah. We know it's going to happen. We or, don't know if it's a follow-up to Andromeda. We don't know if it's going to be set in the Milky Way galaxy again. If it's going to be a prequel. I hope it's not a prequel. But it could be a prequel. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we yeah we talked about this a little bit. Um, if it were a prequel, what would be interesting? Well, the where where it falls short for me is you already had this huge you know galaxy shattering event that was those three games. So if you go back into a prequel, it's going to seem kind of ho hum. But first contact war that would be fun to see. Say there are a lot of things that would be fun, and I won't even deny that I wouldn't mind seeing some of those things as like a spinoff game. It's like, all right, here's our spinoff game of Mass Effect Two. You can play through some of the big events that happened. I don't want that to be a main game though. I would rather it be more spinoff, like Uncharted Lost Legacy type game. I think that doing stuff like that because we already know the outcome. Mass Effect, especially the first one, it really didn't have to. It continues over into the second one, of course, but the codex for the games and the interactions you can have with just random people do an excellent job of explaining the past to you and making you understand things that happened. I agree with that. So it's almost unnecessary. Not that I wouldn't enjoy it, but it's like, okay, you're playing as this character in this huge first contact where you know how the story is going to end. So would you rather see um, Andromeda 2 or would you rather see... Uh, Mass Effect 4, take Shepard again, take... I don't even know if I necessarily want a take Shepard. I I wouldn't even mind if it took place during the time period of, like, the original three games, like, within those few years. I wouldn't mind seeing other perspectives of, like, important people 
or or even again like I threw I did it as a kind of joke comment earlier but just like another ship of people living in this like apocalyptic world of like that Commander Shepard is trying to prevent during the Geth incursions during the Collector incursions during the Reaper War I think it could be potentially interesting or the immediate aftermath even the people who didn't get a leave for Andromeda they're still stuck there what then yeah, How are they true. going to rebuild civilization? That's infinitely more interesting to me than finding a new galaxy. I'm sorry. <laughs> as cool as Andromeda sounded on paper, it just didn't work out. So I don't care if they make a sequel to it, to be quite honest with you. I'm hoping that whatever it is, it's not an Andromeda sequel. Yeah. So that's, I'm even. I would I'm, take a prequel over an Andromeda sequel. Yes. Or, hell, even if they did do it in the Andromeda universe, I don't want them to use the same characters. I don't want to use the same ship. Because they, I'm more interested in, like, some of, like, the colonies that people built up in Andromeda. Like, some of the stuff that was going on there is they're, like, trying to establish a foothold in this new galaxy. That's far more interesting to me than anything the main characters were doing. But, yeah, I want it to be back in the Milky Way. I'd love to see the aftermath. I'd love to see the during just from a different perspective. I don't know. Maybe have it be more like Dragon Age in that you could choose, like, your own race. Or, like, you could be an Asari or a Krogan or... A Turian and like go through life that way. That'd be really cool. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else to cover? Uh, I don't think so. Other than if you haven't played the games, please do. Yeah. We're uh, console people, but a lot of people who play it on PC love it on PC. So I am uh, for this go around. I'm probably going to get it for both because I imagine uh, this will be my last shot at getting the, the trilogy. And so I'm going to want to, get it for at least PC uh, so I can carry it, you know, into my old, old age yeah. and, uh, and still be able to play. So, although as I get older, my, uh, my reflexes get worse. So, yeah. um, say we play story, on Xbox. Story <laughs> mode is going to be more important at we, that point. We're big console people. So I know there's like the diehard PC fans are just like, PC is the only way to do it. But I've played on an Xbox my entire life. I only got a PlayStation like three years ago and that was to play uncharted and the last of us and both which which were worth it by the way they're so good also hot take the last of us 2 is a good game come at me there were a couple story structure problems i'll admit it but it's a game meant to make you sad and you all fell for it and now you're all mad at it for doing what it went out to do that's my rant over and even and even those two games uh, you're still on board with mass effect as the best oh yeah and that and the uncharted series is also straight up the second best game series i've ever played and i love like red dead i love skyrim i love there are so many other good ones dragon age but uncharted is the second best but mass effect beats it out all right well hey thanks for taking the time of course and, uh, glad to be back we will yeah glad to have you back uh so you're gonna be back through um January, uh, early January. All right. Well, we'll try to come up with a couple other topics and get a few more of these knocked out. I'm sure we will. So uh, until then, I'm the past. And I'm the prologue. And we thank you all for listening. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.